Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Edison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Edison, sitting next to me is Dr. M. R. X. Dentith, but it's not about us. Not today. Not in this time, in this place. Today, we want to talk about those glorious people who keep this podcast up and running, our podcast patrons. Yes, we feel that maybe we need to give these people more of a shout out from time to time because they are the people who help keep this podcast running. People like Andy, Brian, Daniel, Ewan, Hayden, Matt, Rachel, Robin, and Vladimir. Mm, Alphabetical order, nice. Do have a PhD, Mm, just mm, saying. mm. These are the people who have elected to support the podcast and have elected to be admitted into the pantheon of the best people in the world. Those people who sling us a few dollars a month to make sure this podcast keeps going. Mm. Um, and and as we are uh, calling out the wonderful features of these people, we are, of course, subtly suggesting that perhaps you might like to join them. Yeah, maybe you want to help keep this mm. podcast going, mm. help us pay for better microphones, better lights, better hosting, mm. and also bionic implants, because we're going to need those very soon. We'll we get are getting older. Yes. Yes, so I mean, if, if you'd, if you'd fe- felt like um, popping over to Patreon and having a look at our patronage campaign, you'll see the various rewards that uh, you could you could sign up for. The the simple basic one dollar a month package gets you uh, a bonus episode every week. I said because package we are, I know. because we are remarkably cheap. Yes, for a dollar you get our complete package. You do. Uh, so these bonus episodes we record one of them every week just after we record the main episodes. So you could have twice the podcasting more or less if you really wanted to. Uh, and then there's other other episodes on top of that which largely involves sort of the, 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 the shouting out of names and general giving of credit We've in got various some places. producer and executive mm, producer mm, roles going sort of up thing. for grabs. So yeah, basically, before we started the episode we just wanted to say A, thank you very much to our patrons, and B uh, why don't you become one if you're not currently? Don't you love us? Don't you love me, baby? Don't you love me, oh, uh, uh. oh. Uh, but enough of that. Also, so, if you give us five, if we get five hundred dollars a month, we're doing a musical episode. Josh agreed to this just before. I, I, I was unable to come up with a convincing reason not. So, uh, if we get five hundred dollars yeah. a month, we're doing a musical. Mm, yeah, apparently that is the actual plan. Yeah, yep. So, uh, I think I think that's enough naked capitalism. Um, we should go communistically back to the recording of well, a regular we are, podcast episode. We are socialists. Well, we are, so we should be social, social and democrats or something. Talk about a rather interesting story. Yes, uh, and, and that's sort of interesting in the quote marks because it's a bit weird, a bit gross, um, but 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 all conspiratorial. Yes, we're going to talk about Uncle Sam's snuff factory. That is right. This week we're bringing you a disturbing but also relatively minor story you probably haven't heard of. Although you probably know of similar stories, especially if you're a long-term fan of this show. Mm. So our story today concerns one Katie Groves, the alleged survivor of an American government-run child snuff factory located 45 minutes' drive from the centre of Austin, Texas. Now, if you're squeamish, please be aware that we will be discussing, not in any real depth, but discussing the murder of children, also a little light cannibalism. Our interest in this story, you know, aside from the conspiracy theory about a US-run snuff factory, is really more in the reactions to the story 
than the story itself. Which is in part because the story does seem fairly fantastical. Now, fantastical stories are not necessarily false. As friend of the show and actual friend Brian L. Kelly remarked in his seminal of conspiracy theories, there is no mark of the incredible when it comes to knowing whether a conspiracy theory is plausible or implausible. But when it comes to people commentating on conspiracy theories they find on the internet, there are shades of grey when it comes to saying whether or not you find said theory credible. So with little ado, let's talk about Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory. Indeed, let us do that. So, uh, how did you come across the story of Uncle Sam's uh, Snuff Factory? Because it does seem to be a fairly obscure story. There's not a hell of a lot... It's one of those ones which, which you expect would, would, would sort of get picked up on by an inter, uh, some sort of news outlet or something and get turned into a thing, but it so far has not. So on the morning of March 13th, earlier this year, I woke up and did my usual thing. I picked up my phone, loaded up Twitter, and saw I had a notification where someone who doesn't appear to be the person behind the videos we're about to be discussing had tweeted to a lot of people, please look at the Uncle Sam Snuff Factory outside of Killeen, Texas. Hmm. And so I, I saved that phrase and I put it into our Google Docs, which we use for research for this podcast. And it kind of sat there as something that I thought we should probably look at at some point, because when people come to me with a conspiracy theory idea, it seems like a good recipe for putting it on, on the podcast. And this week I thought, maybe we should look into it. And so we have, and I don't know, Josh, did you actually watch the video? I, I watched, um, well, I watched, I watched the initial video, yes. Um, now, I should say, the, the person we're talking about, Katie Groves, has a YouTube channel which has had one video uploaded to it a week at least, I think. Uh, one or more videos uploaded a week for the past year or so. So there, there, uh, there were quite a lot of them there. Uh, and I'll admit I did not look through the vast majority of them. I, I looked at the main one, which was the one that people had been sort of linking around to. Uh, watched that all the way through and then sort of had a, quiddle, had a peek at a couple of the others, but not in any great detail. Yes, well, I spent probably far too much of yesterday and today watching videos on this channel. So Katie Groves... And now Katie, Katie Groves is trans, so we'll be using they to refer to them rather than he or she. And we're also going to be using they because Katie Groves claims to have disassociative identity disorder and thus has multiple mm. multiple alters. And indeed uses the phrase our and us sometimes. And, and, we, and some, some yeah. yeah, and also sometimes I and me, but yeah. so, that's how it goes. It's convenient to talk with respect to they or them here because A, we're dealing with someone who is transgender and also we're dealing with someone who has apparently multiple personalities. So the reports we're getting sometimes come from one alter and sometimes they come from another. But the gist of their story is that they grew up in a satanic child snuff factory 45 minutes drive outside of Austin, Texas, and only escaped from the mind control and conditioning of their bloodline family at about the age of 19, and they're now telling their story about what the US government is actually doing. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, it makes it's, it's a fairly grim story. The claim is that you've got this sort of in, industrial child snuff film generating facility that's that's conducting what 
practically amounts to the genocide of, of um, young children, especially given that, that uh, according to the story, the children tend to skew towards uh, people of colour rather than, than white children as well, um, in which every possible manner of, of horror and torture and indignity is visited upon these children for the benefit of some manner of, of sort of global elite types um, who, are, who are into that sort of thing, I guess. Yes, um, so... Um, the Uncle Sam Snuff factory, as said, is located 45 minutes drive from the center of Austin, Texas. It is a facility located underground. It's run by the government to sell children or foodstuffs made from children to the global black market. As Josh mentioned, the victims are largely persons of color. And Groves characterizes what's going on here as a kind of genocide because of the very selective nature of who's being predated upon and who is being eaten. This is not the only snuff factory, apparently. There are other snuff factories located in other Western nations around the world. And in it, children are not just killed for sport, but in many respects, they are boiled alive, sometimes in their own fecal matter, to be served up in the cannibal's kitchen, and sometimes children are simply fed to other children for the amusement of rich white elites. So yes, I mean, that sounds exceptionally horrific, I guess you'd have to say. Um, and and uh, I don't... It seems a little bit soon to be to start calling it unbelievable, but that's the only word that, that, that really springs to mind It certainly at the moment, is but incredible. It is certainly incredible, and... Um, and even more incredible that uh, Katie managed to escape from this environment uh, and is now telling the story of it on YouTube where anyone can see it. So, I mean, the, the, the story of, of, of their escape is... Well, I, I mean, I, I, you've listened to more of the videos than I have. Um, there, there's lots of talk of sort of realising that absolutely everyone in their particular orbit is some sort of brainwashed cult member and therefore having to cut ties with all friends, family, uh, lovers, associates, mere acquaintances and so on, get out of there, therapists, um, battle drug and alcohol dependencies before finally becoming free and able to talk about it today. Like what's, how, how is that even possible? Given that, given that this organisation is supposedly so all-powerful to be able to get away with the sorts of things it's claimed to get away with. Well, in part, it's because a large chunk of their narrative about the Snuff Factory is the fact the reason they survived is because of their superior genetic makeup, which is presumably as a white person, but also as a member of a bloodline family. They weren't put into the factory necessarily to be one of the victims. They were put into the factory to be conditioned to be one of the jailers. Mm. And there's a lot of talk of conditioning, a lot of talk of mind control, and um, uh, Project Monarch, which is supposedly an MK Ultra program. Is that is that something that was is, is unique to this story, or is it something that's been... No, Project Monarch yes. appears in a lot of mind-control conspiracy theories. Mm. So MKUltra was a real program run by the CIA to research things like mind-control and interrogation tools, and there's a lot of scholarly work on MKUltra and all the things the CIA tried to do and all the things the CIA failed to achieve through MKUltra. There's a... Sp 
certain class of conspiracy theory which talks about this sub-project of MKUltra called Project Monarch. It should be pointed out that no serious scholars of MKUltra ever talk about Project Monarch, not because they're suppressing the information, but because there's no listing to it outside of particular parts of the conspiracy theorist literature. So it appears to be something which some conspiracy theorists think occurred with the MK Ultra program, and people like Katie claim to be a victim of it, but there's no actual evidence amongst scholars who study MK Ultra that Project Monarch it actually occurred. Hmm. So on the surface of it, it sounds like things we've heard of before. It sounds like the satanic panic of the 80s. It, it in fact, sounds quite a lot like Pizzagate. Um, I noticed one of the links that... Um, that uh, you sent me that uh, the, the, the first uh, talked to this uh, made mention of the fact that um, Katie's videos started appearing just around the same time Q started dropping stuff with a sort of a dot 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 as though to imply there was some sort of connection there although I don't think anyone well, has made sorry, any so actually the actual video so Katie made comment about Donald Trump and how that they don't think that Donald Trump is there to break apart these snuff rings or pedophilia rings, which then cause blowback by the Q community. Oh. And so they then had to make a video saying, I don't apologize for any of the comments I made about Donald Trump, but I did say it from a place of anger and hurt, and I don't want to be pissing off people in the Q community. So yes, there is some interesting intersection there, although as a queer trans person who has a political ideology or even existence which seems to go against Donald Trump and his administration, they're also quite careful to go, look, there are a whole bunch of aspects of Q and Trumpism which don't sit nicely with my experience of the world. Mm. Um, but yes, so the, I mentioned the queue because, of course, this sounds a lot like uh, Pizzagate, which was one another one of the things that came out around all that in that in that sort of community, which again was claims of of child pornography abuse, essentially satanic, weird, culty, all sorts of bizarre crap. Now, I mean, we 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 can't we can't really talk about this without saying is. Katie Groves just mentally ill. I mean, we, yes. we, we saw this in the targeted individuals thing. We've got these people making these claims, um, which in that case, you know, sounded fairly consistent with symptoms of uh, paranoid schizophrenia. And here we have some um, truly, truly uh, e extraordinary claims, I yes. suppose, being yes. made about what's going on here. So what can we say about Katie Groves as, as to the reliability of this testimony? Well, I suppose we need to talk about the DID. Mm. So they claim to have what's called polyfragmented disassociative disorder, which is a form of DID. Now, I had to actually look this up because mm. I'd not heard of polyfragmentation. Fragmentation? No. No. Polyfragmentation poly is something quite yeah, different. Very different. Yes. If you've got that, you really probably should see a doctor mm. as well. If you're polyfragmented, the claim is that you have at least a dozen, although some people say over a hundred, alternative 
personalities or multiple personalities in your complex. Now, I do want to put a sidebar here. We are quite aware that DID is a very, very contentious diagnosis mm. in the literature. Some medical professionals think that dissociative identity disorder does exist. Some people don't. Some people claim that it does exist, but it's a reaction to a particular type of therapy. So basically, you develop the idea of multiple personalities due to your therapeutic relationship. Other people claim it does exist, but it's brought on through trauma. Other people claim it does exist, and actually it starts at a very early age, but it's very hard to detect in children because of the existence of things like imaginary friends and play-acting in kids. There's a lot of contentious literature around DID, and we're certainly not going to be coming down for or against the existence. Mm. But in Katie's case, they claim to have hundreds of alters in their complex, and they've only been able to recover the memory of their abuse in Uncle Sam's snuff factory through a process of engaging and deprogramming themselves. Now, of course, as soon as you start hearing about people deprogramming themselves, mm. people will start to get warning flags and going, well, are these going are these real memories or are these creations of the psyche? Yes, and um especially given how, uh, uh, again, extreme the claims are, you, you, you sort of do really do wonder. I mean, it's, it's a little hard to talk about because, you know, th th these days we, we, do, uh, we do receive and are receptive to the message that in, in claims of abuse we should believe the victim. But um, when it starts talking about uh, uh, government-level conspiracies involving hundreds of people completely going undetected despite doing the worst possible things that you could imagine human beings doing, it, it starts to get to the whole sort of extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence thing. I suppose the theory here is actually the whole point of what's going on with our societal complex at the moment when it comes to talk of abuse is that it's not necessarily we have to believe victims, we have to take victim stories credibly. Mm. We need to take them seriously and actually not just dismiss them as people have been doing for a very, very long time. So when you hear a cry of abuse, the claim is not necessarily you must believe it to be true. Mm. You simply have to go, we will take this seriously and investigate it, because we failed to do so in the past and that has licensed a very large amount of abuse. So in this particular case, we need to take the claim that they have been abused seriously and then work out what parts of it do we actually investigate and come to a conclusion on. Hmm. Because like I said at the top, this isn't a story that anyone seems to have really picked up and run with outside of sort of the... the, the, the the sort of QAnon-y conspiracy sort of um, community. I mean, so... even the Reddit community that this was posted to really kind of tapped out after about 20 comments or so. Mm. Um, so there has not been, as far as I'm aware, any sort of investigation into who this Katie Groves person is uh, and, and anything about their sort of uh, past history. Uh, so all we really have um, are, are the videos themselves. Oh, we just lost a light. It suddenly got darker and slightly more spooky in here. That's probably the snuff factory. Mm, probably drawing all its power out of us, yeah, yeah. 
And yes, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of like, like you, you've listened to a lot more than I have. Some of what I heard sounded like a person who had read a bunch of conspiracy stuff on the internet and sort of integrated that into their own uh, into their own theories. Um, Which, of course, is one of the worries here about deprogramming and trying to discover repressed memories which is the kind of issue you get with David Icke. So part of David Icke's epistemological stance, and I use the word epistemology here in a very loose sense mm. given we're talking about David Icke, given his epistemology is not what a philosopher would actually recognise as being in any way properly epistemic. David Icke goes, look, if I have an idea and then there is a moment of synchronicity in my life proximate to that idea within a few days of thinking it, then that is the universe telling me that what I came up with is true. And the problem with this particular kind of story we're getting here is there is a worry that you're getting a conspiracy theory being informed by people looking into other conspiracy theories of this type. A mm. feedback mechanism which is justifying the I have a feeling something happened, I've now got evidence of a story which is very similar to what I think I experienced, that is evidence of what went on, and kind of it becomes a kind of rolling ball of ever-increasing claims. Mm. So, I mean, from the video as I've seen, Katie certainly com comes across as genuine... There, there was some talk of, I, I remember the first one that I watched, I was just sort of watching, and I was like, okay, well, they're reading off a script, and why not? If this, is some, yeah. if this is an important thing, you'd probably want to write it down to come across beforehand. I think other people sort of said, seemed to think that that was some sort of, showed it was a bit fake. And, and some of the other videos I watched didn't sound like that as well, I noticed. They did seem a bit more ad-libbed and off the cuff. Although Katie's sort of, what is it, claimed that they're working from a partially formed eidetic script, I assume meaning that, that they were working from a script, but it was only in their not, mind. Not, not written yeah. down. Yeah, but so I mean, I, I, I don't, know, I don't know about that. But it, the, the David Icke comparison did seem did seem apt because you do seem to have this person who, much like I, David Icke, thinks we're sort of you know ruled by lizard people who want to to kill and eat us and can at their women. There's nothing we can do about it. It's quite a similar claim. It's just that it's other people doing the horrible things, not other races. There's no alien shape shifting lizards here. Mm. It's just humans being horrible to other human beings. Mm. And so, I mean, we kind of find ourselves in the same position as when we were talking about the targeted individuals. We have people who certainly you know, appear to be genuine in their, in, in, in the, that they believe what they're saying, but what they're saying doesn't sound uh, uh, plausible, and, and there are sort of various, various kind of mental health flags going off. Um, but perhaps, as, as we said at the start, one of the interesting things is, is um, has been not so much the story as the reactions to the story. So how have people been dealing with it? So there's a standard reaction you get to leaks or revelations of this kind, which is, if this was real, they'd be dead. Mm, yes. How, how could a, if, if the thing, the sort of complex you're talking about, is so all-powerful and able to get away with stuff and able to make sort of children disappear on an industrial scale, why could they not make one whistleblower disappear? Yeah, this is the question. Why does David Icke get to go around the world telling people about alien shape-shifting lizards? And why is Alex Jones still on the air? And that's a serious question. Why, why, why is Alex is, Jones yeah. still on the air? Another issue there. Now, of course, one of the responses here is plausible deniability. 
As you've seen in this episode where we are talking about Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory, we appear to be treating the claim as being prima facie implausible. Yep. And so you might go, well, this is precisely what they want. They want some information to leak out, but to leak out in a format that makes people go, oh, that can't be real. Mm. And I've said it once and I'll say it again. SG-1 reference time, wormhole extreme, the show within a show about people traveling through a wormhole in the universe of Stargate SG-1 where people travel through a Stargate. You want there to be plausible deniability, a piece of fiction or a weird theory that if someone hits upon your actual conspiracy, you go, no, no, you're thinking of that TV show. And of course, the the non-Stargate reference here is The X-Files. People thought The X-Files was a disinformation campaign run by both the FBI and the CIA so that when people are, oh, you know, they take these things seriously, the feds do, they could go, no, no, you're thinking of the X-Files. Mm. We don't take this stuff seriously at all. Mm. This isn't our Bigfoot file in any way, shape, or form. You haven't seen that. Yes. Um, and then there's there's also the response that, well, no, they're allowed to be alive because if they were to suddenly disappear and die mysteriously, then that, that would actually be proving that they did exist. So better to leave this person as they are being disbelieved by the majority of the population than actually add credence by by disappearing them in some way. And of course, dying mysteriously is a great way to have a conspiracy theory revealed to the world, yeah. as we've seen with Seth Rich, someone we come back to time and yes. time again. Seth Rich died in a apparently unprovoked, still unsolved mugging. M- yeah, mm. mugging. I, I want to, to say burglary, but no, that's no. entirely the wrong, wrong term. It really is. And because of his proximity to the Clinton campaign and the proximity to what happened with WikiLeaks and the DNC hack, people went, oh, he must have been about to reveal everything. That's why they killed him. Mm. So in a case like this, yeah, they, they think, you know, where you, there are already weird claims being made, then they'd say that's one reason why she uh, they're allowed to continue doing it. Then there have been the claims that, uh, well, actually, this is a disinformation campaign we're seeing, haven't there? Yeah, so this is the claim that people like Katie Groves exist on the internet to distract from real issues we should be concerned with. And either those real issues are real cases of satanic abuse or child abuse, which their story is so ludicrous people will stop treating those claims seriously, or people will become so focused on claims like the Snuff Factory, they'll ignore the real issues we should be concerned with, such as the military-industrial complex and the like. So you can be disinformation by either distracting from even weirder claims, or your weird claims distracting from things we should be taking seriously. And so yes, one reaction has been... What they're doing is putting disinformation out there to distract us from what we should be concentrating on. Mm. And indeed, there are some people among the the uh, conspiracy community who have sort of said, well, this person sounds like they're mentally ill. Uh, sometimes with a ca- caveat, though, that, um, well, maybe what this person's talking about does sound a little bit outlandish, but nevertheless, that sort of stuff is going on. There is, I mean, there, there is your new world order out doing stuff, and there are, there are you know, if, if you believe in the likes of Pizzagate, then maybe... Um, 
uh, something you like, might not believe this particular like, yes, claim, Katie Groves but story think that there are much, other but, ones which are mm. similar and also plausible. Yeah. So I mean, the the video channel is still active. Videos are getting still be, being pumped out, as far yeah, as I can see. And it's quite possible no that Katie has a Google alert on their name or on the Uncle Sam Snuff Factory name, and may chance across this podcast. Well, it's entirely possible. But, I mean, I, I was thinking more along the lines of it. This sounds like one of those stories that eventually some reporter or other will stumble upon it and think, oh, this this will make an interesting thing to... Um... Or possibly not, because well, the thing I mean, is... The world's a big place and there's lots yeah, of stories there in are, it. There are a lot of people presenting similar stories whose stories have never been picked up. So there's a transient in Ponsonby, Auckland, who goes around handing out three-page letters describing how they're a targeted individual and how they're being harassed by the police and no one takes their claims seriously. And they've spent a lot of time trying to get media interest in their story and it's never eventuated. Mm. Well, who knows then? So, I mean, I think we're at the end of the episode, and I, I, I don't really can't think of a decent way of wrapping it up, to be honest. No, I mean, it's a interesting story, the existence of a snuff factory. Uh, apparently it's near Killeen in Texas, wherever that happens to be. That must be 45 minutes drive away mm, from... From Austin. Austin. And, yeah, the story is interesting. The personality presenting the story is quite fascinating. Mm. I think it's fair to say that we we don't think the conspiracy theory is particularly plausible given no. the available evidence, and that's interesting in its own particular respect. Mm. But yes, that was Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory. Yes, a, a, a thoroughly disturbing story, even if it's not true. Uh, I mean, if you're curious, go go check it out. There, there, there's a lot to look at, and it's yeah. uh, an if nothing else, an interesting sort of peek into a, a person's psyche. But um, on the whole, you're probably better off uh, never having heard of it. Yes, but we didn't give you that option. No. So, meh. Meanwhile, patrons mm. get even more. So, so many options. after the break, they will get to hear about the case of the cursed bread. Cursed bread. I can't wait to hear mm. about that one. We'll talk a little bit about a mystery which has been solved, the case of the Simon Luxon 2020 ad in our own local papers here in Aotearoa. We'll talk about how boring it was when Donald Trump talked about UFOs. And then we'll give you an update on the hit and run story featuring Nikki Haga and John Stevenson, which has just had a very interesting turn. It certainly has, but we'll have to keep you in suspense uh, to find out what that interesting turn was. Well, I mean, you've probably read it in the news, actually. It's not like we have exclusive rights to the, the, the news about the story. Imagine but if anyway, we oh, but no, 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 no delusions of grandeur here. So, uh, if if you are a patron, stick around for that. If you'd like to be a patron, go to Patreon and look us up, and you could become one, and then you could find out about that stuff. But even if you're not a patron, just 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 thanks for listening in general. Yeah, it's nice Thank to you. have an audience. It yes. is. Mm. Uh, so until next time, I guess there's nothing left to say but goodbye. Goodbye. been listening to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy starring josh addison and dr mrx dented which is written researched, recorded and produced by josh and m 
You can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its Podbean or Patreon campaigns. And if you need to get in contact with either Josh or M, you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their Twitter accounts, Mikey Fluids and Conspiracism. Remember, the truth is out there, but not quite where you think you left it.